Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Lord, we come before you and we come before you in simple faith. We ask that tonight, Father, you fundamentally change something so that we are permanently delivered to be free to walk in your truth and in who you are. We ask, O oh Lord, for the grace to be brief and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We pray that his guidance teaches us, opens your word. We yield totally to his ministry. And we pray that he reveals Jesus Christ and yourself to us, my Father. Father, glorify your name. We pray without reservation. We pray audaciously for miracles. We pray that, Father Almighty God, that everybody who's joining us by podcast or listening to this back is as blessed as we are tonight. Father, we honestly ask this of you. Thank you for your kindness, Lord. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' most holy name, amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, um, tonight it's it's great to see you all. Um, ladies and gentlemen, last week we spoke about um, overcoming anxiety because it was the, we pretty much were at the start of mental health awareness week now that week effectively finished yesterday so what we're going to do today is we're going to do a wrap-up we're going to do a wrap-up and it will be and what it will what we'll do today is give you the tools so that your mental health going forward way beyond the week way beyond anything that you may go through that your mental health will be in its best condition and the benefits that you will have. And so we're going to do that tonight. And so, ladies and gentlemen, um, as we begin tonight, and so we're going to go through that. And we're going to, it will be night. Well, the, the Lord will guide us. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. And so as we begin, um, we're going to start with, um, let's start with a familiar scripture. And when we, and this effectively, talks about our mental health and when i say our mental health this is what i mean everything that goes on within you is can be wrapped up to refer your mental health everything about the invisible person who lives on your inside and so ladies and gentlemen this is what jesus says about that person it, it's 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 our, 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 our core scripture so please turn in your Bibles to Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Um, we, and Jesus breaks down what he means by what makes up our mental health. And this is, it, it's, it's a very popular verse. And so I'm reading from verse 37, and this is what Jesus says. And Jesus said unto him in answer to what is the greatest commandment in the law. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize 
our mental health capacity, the capacity for us to think, believe, imagine, decide, and feel um, is made up of those three parts of us. So if we are going to remain healthy in our mental health, those three parts of us have to, at different times, must be worked on by us, whereby we ensure that they are in the best condition. The results are phenomenal, as we're going to find out tonight. And so Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Again, and he said, this is the first and the great commandment. He did go on to read the rest of it. But tonight, what I wanted to do was that breaks down. So when we say your mental health, we're talking about your heart, your soul, and your mind. This differs. Now, this differs from what we refer to as your spirit. The reason I say it differs, these are the capacities that your spirit man has, but your spirit man has been renewed. And so please turn with me just so that we can identify this distinction. The, because the book of Ezekiel 36, and I'm going to read from 25, and I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. I'm going to read from verse 25. And what I want you to do, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, this demonstrates the parts of us that this is just the, the, the unique difference, the encapsulating part of you that is renewed is your spirit man. The capacities of your spirit man are found in your heart, your soul, and your mind. But listen to what the Bible says. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Verse 26, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh. Verse 27, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So the Bible says, notice, he says, a new heart also I will give you and a new spirit will I put within you. So there's, so what we realize is your spirit man with his capacities is a renewed person, brand new. That means you can do absolutely everything God wants you to do with your heart, your soul, and your mind. So let's have a look at how to keep them healthy. And we'll, we'll, we'll go in stages and we'll start with your heart. And what we want to look at, ladies and gentlemen, is starting with the heart. Let's look at the benefits of a healthy heart. And so to do so, let's understand what the heart does. Romans chapter 10, reading from verse 10, the Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We realize, ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of your heart, the purpose of the part of your spirit man that's referred to as your heart, it is his function or its function is to believe, to accept as true that which the Lord says, 
to accept as true that which the Lord says. And so that's the function of your heart. So how do we have, how do we keep a healthy heart? In all sincerity, the very, the very same way you keep a healthy body, um, you exercise it, you keep it doing what is required, you constantly feed it the necessary nutrients. And so let's look at what, what makes up a healthy heart. Um, a healthy heart. Turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. And I'm going to start reading from verse 20. Proverbs 4, verse 20. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm also going to do is let, we'll come to that, but I'm also going to, so we're going to, let's look at what the heart does. Proverbs 4, verse 20. The Bible says the following, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23 Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So that's Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 23. Now, if we look at these things, notice the things that will keep our heart healthy. Now, just before I go through these four, what are the benefits? What's the number one benefit of having a healthy heart? Because many times when you want to start an exercise routine or you want to start a healthy routine, it's great to have a goal and to understand what the benefits are. So let's have a look at what the benefit of a healthy heart is. Please turn in your Bible to Luke 1, 37. Luke 1, verse 37. Let's make sure. So Luke 1, verse 37, the Bible says the following, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That's, that is, God is, is all powerful. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that are believing God for a miracle, I pray that this gives you comfort. But let's have a look at another verse that says something similar so you understand the benefit of a healthy heart. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Mark 9, and we're going to have a look at verse 23. Mark 9, verse 23, and I'm, I'm going to read it um, in the King James, and I'm going to read it in the Holman's Christian Standard Bible. The Bible says in the King James Version of the Bible, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Let me read that in Holman's Christian Standard Bible so we understand. The Bible says, then Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. The reason Jesus said that was prior to that, the man who had a demonic son had said to Jesus, if you can do anything, 
have mercy on us. In that, well, we've tried everything else. If you can do anything, help us. And Jesus responds for one of the few times you find in the Bible, and he responds in the kind of ire or irritation that a person would respond to. And what you must understand is God does not do well with your unbelief. And the Bible says the following. Jesus said, if you can, what? You're asking me if I can. He said, everything is possible to him that believeth. That means if you have a healthy heart, if you are able to believe God's word, believe the promises, believe what he says to you, Jesus says the number one benefit, and this is what I wanted to present before I went on to the details, the number one benefit which makes it worth it is that everything that God promises you will become possible. All of a sudden, a sense of possibility comes. And ladies and gentlemen, if you think about it, notice if you have a negative mental health state if things are if in your head you are consistently defeated and you think that things are not working eventually on your outside that will become a reality and jesus said step number one for a healthy heart is that everything that god says if your heart is healthy the ability to believe and therefore the ability to tap into what god has done becomes possible so that's the primary benefit and so to get to that primary benefit let's go to proverbs chapter four and i'm going to try and be as um, practical as possible so the first thing the bible says to make sure you get a healthy heart is this he says my son attend to my words now when when you uh, attend to something when you pay attention to something it means in to the exclusion of all else focus on what i have said and so what that means ladies and gentlemen is literally put my word first before you dive into anything before you dive into uh, your day before you dive into your journey the Jesus, the, the, the Bible says in Proverbs, he says, attend to my words. That means before you confront anything, find out what the Bible says. And now this is this is key. When we say attend, it means pay attention to, repeat, read, meditate, study, confess the word of God. Get the promise on your inside. And that's what the Bible is saying, that start, put the word of God first. And it, it, and I can say this from personal experience. When you put the word of God first, when you start your day with the Bible, whereby you're giving God that 10 or 15 minutes where you're just focused on God, let me just focus on your word, whatever it may be, you invariably have a better day because it sets the tone for you to confront everything that may happen in your day when God has poured his poured the word into your heart. And so that's what it means to attend to your word, attend. And I'm, I'm going to give you an example in a moment. Then the Bible says, incline thine ear unto my saying. 
incline, ladies and gentlemen, what that means is prior to you asking God, what do you want me to do? Settle it in your heart that God knows better than you or I. So if the Bible says in any particular, if the Bible says in, in a particular situation, uh, uh, let me let me demonstrate. It, let, um, let me think of a nice situation. Let's say you're thinking of, okay, God, I need to get to work on time. And I need you, Lord, I, I need to get to work on time. And where the Bible says, incline your ear unto my sayings, the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 23, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And the Lord delighteth in his way. As you are walking to the station, if you are focused on that, that Lord, you know what? My steps are ordered by the Lord. I'm going to get to the station right on time. I know whatever happens next is within your guidelines. You've ordered my steps. It's going to work for me in a great way. All of a sudden, you'll realize the panic and the worry that am I going the right way? Will my bus come? Will my train come? Will I catch the plane? All of a sudden, it's going to go out, go away. And this means your journey, you, you will arrive more confident, you will arrive more at peace, you will arrive more functional because you've said, notice what it is, incline. You make up your mind before it happens that God, in any situation I face, your word is right. There's, there's a, another way that the Bible puts it. The Bible puts it in Isaiah 53 verse 1, and the Bible says, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So you have to choose that. And, and what we say, whose report will you believe? And so this is key. So the first thing is put God's word first. Incline your ear unto God's sayings. You, ladies and gentlemen, let me say this in the simplest way. Believe the Bible. Because you're not just believing the book, you're believing the person. And the person of the Bible, as we say in John chapter 1, reading from verse 1, who is the Lord and God and his word are one, God has not let you down yet. He will always keep his word. He can be trusted. And so what we're saying is when we come to this, when we come to scripture, when we come to study the Bible, the Bible says, incline your ear unto my sayings, that if the Lord asks you to do something, set it in your heart that, God, I'm going to do what you say, and that's going to be the best way for me. Okay? Number three, let them not depart from your eyes. Now, this is the beauty of what, what I want you to do. When the Bible says, let them not depart from your eyes, let's put that in context. Your heart, when you believe, ladies and gentlemen, your heart paints pictures. And let me let me put it this way. Um, let please turn in your Bible um, to yes, Genesis chapter eight. I'm going to read from twenty. Genesis chapter eight. 
from 20. The Bible says, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, offered burnt offerings on the Lord. And the Bible says the following, verse 21, And the Lord smelled a sweet saddle, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. Now listen carefully. For the imagination of man's heart. Now he's speaking in the negative at this point in time. He says, the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. Okay. Now, please keep uh, please keep this in mind. I'll I have a question in the in the chat. Now come to it. Please keep this in mind. The Bible says the imagination of your heart. That means when we go back to Proverbs 4, verse 20, and it says, let them not depart from thine eyes. It means let the word of God paint the pictures of what you're expecting on your heart. That means when you are confronted with your day, declare over your day that, listen, today is a good day because God is with me, because the Lord is my shepherd, because I've held on to the word, because the Holy Ghost is leading me, because I am led of the Lord, whatever you want to say. But based upon that, let the picture of your day, that means what you expect to happen be shaped by what God says about himself, what God says about his ability, what God says about his relationship with you, what God has done for you in Jesus Christ, what God has done for you through the Holy, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What I want you to understand is the Bible says, let them not depart from your eyes. Effectively, let the picture of what you are expecting to happen be shaped by what the Bible says. And this is how you keep your heart healthy. And the Bible says that this is this is really important. This is how you keep your heart healthy. And then the Bible says, keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, when the Bible says keep, keep is the, the word keep is the word translated also observe pay attention to that means in the midst of your heart that means focused on your heart make sure that you are keeping when we say keeping observing thinking about imagining rolling over but this is how i'd love you to see it see yourself in it the bible so when the bible says keep in your heart let me show you where that shows up and it's the same word but it's we use two different words in english when you go in the bible and i'll go to joshua chapter 1 verse 8 joshua chapter 1 verse 8 the bible says the following um let me get into the king james just so like it's and great okay the bible says the following this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do 
according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Where the Bible, um, where the Bible says you may observe to do, that means build a picture that governs your actions. So when the Bible says keep them in the midst of your heart. It means build a picture so that you are literally focusing on that one thing. And it is governing. Remember, we're going to look at that in a moment. It governs what happens next. When you have a picture, and this, this is really important. That's why observe is important. It means pay attention to. See yourself in the miracle. Those four things, ladies and gentlemen, those four things, ladies and gentlemen, if you do them regularly, and it, and this is what I'll encourage you to do, do them regularly, and so that it's not random, write down what you want to say when you start your day. I, it doesn't matter whether it's a post-it note, doesn't matter whether it's a list or something that pops up on your phone, write them down and say it regularly why because that gives your heart a full workout joshua 1 chapter verse 8 joshua 1 verse 8 and so what i want you to understand is when you're doing that regularly that means you are attending to god's word you're putting god's words first you're inclining your ear to what he's saying you're saying that you know what what god says about my situation is true and therefore i will choose to go with it you do not let it depart from your eye. Let it shape the pictures that you are keeping in mind. That means it builds your expectation. And the Bible says, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Now, this is the, this is the culmination of a healthy heart. The Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence. Keep their means to hedge about, pay attention to, pay deep observation to thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life and so ladies and gentlemen what it means is out of your heart are the things that are going to shape your life and so let's look at that and then we will move on to the next part of our mental health journey which is our heart our soul and our mind so what is the product of a healthy heart Turn with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, actually verse 34. And Jesus is speaking and he says something that I think we really should hold on to. The Bible says he's speaking to a group of people that have challenged him and doubted the, the, the who the Holy Spirit is. So he's quite harsh with them. But he says the following, old generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? And then this is what he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you really, we spoke about this last week, your life is being shaped or broken by the words of your mouth. We spoke about that last week. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you go through these exercises so that you have a healthy heart, your words 
will be building the life that your heart can see. The results, ladies and gentlemen, are quite remarkable. And so this is what it means to have a healthy heart. And so it says, out of your mouth, that the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, how powerful is that? What, why is that so important? Turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Proverbs 18, verse 20. Proverbs 18, verse 20. And I will read. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Ladies and gentlemen, your heart is the forge of your words. If your heart is healthy, your words will be healthy, and you will be able to shape your life because you will be saying what God says about your life, and the rest, they say, will be history. The rest will be history. And so what? why am I saying it like this? Ladies and gentlemen, key element, it goes without saying, to have a healthy heart, you cannot process the word of God you do not read. You cannot um, focus on you cannot attend to, you cannot incline your ear to. If you're not reading the Bible, if you're not studying the Bible, if you are not meditating on the Bible, and if you're not confessing it, it's not going to work. This is not magic. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want to be honest, so this is key. So this brings me to a question, and, that, and it's a nice place to break. Um, I got a question about which is the best Bible version to have? And you find that if when you're reading it, some of them, they say different things because when the translations are different, depending on what they want to do. So you find the Amplified, the Bible in Basic English, Holman's Christian Standard, a whole one, TPT and everything. They have a particular slant when they are being translated. Which is the best one? Pick any one. The simple reason is this. The person who wrote it is your teacher. He will, out of whatever Bible you're reading, teach you what God wants to hear. The Holy the Bible says the Holy Spirit, the Holy, the Bible was written as men were moved by the Holy Spirit, that the by all scripture is by what? Inspiration, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so what you want to do is when you're reading the Bible. Start with one you understand, whether that be NIV, and have that as a concept, as your base. Any words you find interesting, any areas you find you want to find more about, then you can look at some of the versions that will give you a more a clearer picture. Amplified Classic, one of my favorites, the, the Passion Translation. Homer's Christian Standard is great. Um, whatever, in English Standard Version. And what you do is that will then give you context. It will make it more robust and then come back to your core version. But you make a choice and pick a version and do not worry because the Holy Spirit 
through the version that is in your hands will teach you everything that God wants you to know, whether that be NIV, Amplify, whatever. So please just be, what, what is my encouragement? Read, study, meditate, and confess the Bible. The rest, the Holy Ghost will take care of, okay? So please keep that in mind. All right. The second thing, the next thing we want to look at is, so that's what happens with our heart. So now let's go to the next thing that Jesus spoke about. Jesus said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So let's look at the soul. Now, I want to start, ladies and gentlemen, with the benefit of a healthy soul. Now, your soul has three functions. We, we can look at that. But your soul is what you make decisions and choices with. Your soul is what you decide with. Now, turn with me. Let's have a look at the benefits. Um, the benefits of a healthy soul. And I want you to please turn in your Bible to the third book of John. That is the letters of John, third John. Chapter one, there's only one chapter, so it's really easy to find, verse two. Third John one, verse two. And in all sincerity, and, and, and I'm gonna, I'll come to this in a moment. This is, this is the fun part. Now, let me read what the Bible says about a healthy soul. The Bible says the following. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, one, and be in health, Two, even as thy soul prospers. Now, what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is this. When you have a healthy soul, that means when you are consistently making decisions in accordance with God's will, God's word, and God's guidance, the Bible says your soul will prosper. Because once you make a good decision and you see God move, you will be more confident to do it the next time. And so this is what happens. So that's why when the Bible says, when that he says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And this is key. Why is it? that a healthy soul will affect your health and well-being. And this is, uh, this, is, this is why I love scripture. Turning your Bible to Matthew chapter 11. And Jesus is speaking. Okay, Jesus is speaking. And I'm going to read from verse 25, Matthew 11, and I'm going to read from verse 25. So now we're focusing on our souls, our decision-making process. So let's read what the Bible says. The Bible says the following, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Verse 26, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Verse 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever 
the son will reveal him. Now notice revelation has been mentioned twice. We're going to come back to that. Verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, that first things first, the key element of you having a healthy soul is for God to reveal himself to you. So when you know this is who God is, when you understand that, your decisions become easier. It's easier for God to lead you. Think about it. Now, let, let me give you an example. Think about the things that give you great concern. Let me pick up one that everybody seems to be touting, and that is the cost of living crisis in that, how are we going to manage? Oh, my goodness, things are going up, and so on and so forth. And it's a genuine crisis. It is a, it's a reality. Okay? It is a reality. Let's keep this in mind. If you know that God says of himself, that he is your provider. That means I covenant with you, as he said to, uh, as, as the Bible says that he said to Abraham in Genesis 22, where Abraham said, the Lord will provide. That's what he said. He said, he is Jehovah Jireh in the mountain of the Lord. The Lord will see to it. If you realize that you are in a covenant beneficial relationship with god almighty that irrespective of your circumstances god says when you have a need i will provide for you when you have to make a financial decision or you have to make a decision irrespective of how much you have you will realize you will be more confident knowing that God, irrespective of how things are going, irrespective of how things are going, God is my provider. When you now make a decision, knowing that, that the almighty God, who says, I am Jehovah Jireh, he says of himself, and he also says that I am the Lord God. I'm the covenant. I'm your covenant. The Lord. I'm the Lord God, your shepherd. I'm the one that is responsible for you, and you will have no need whereby I will not take care of, so that you want for nothing. When you begin to realize that, irrespective of what the circumstances say, when you have to make a decision now about what you spend, whether it will be all right, whether God will get you through the month, it will become easier. And what will be removed? Worry or anxiety? Because God has revealed himself to you. And this is what I want you to begin to realize. So the foundation of rest, a healthy soul, is that you understand who your father is. Now, there's no other way for you to find out who God is. In all sincerity, 
There is no other way whereby you can be 110% sure than to read the Bible because the Bible is God telling you about himself. And that's what you've got to keep in mind. And so as you are now, keep in mind, listen carefully. That means when you discover who God is, when you see that this is what my God does in this situation, when you realize that this is how God keeps his word to me, when you have to make a decision, you will do so from a position of rest. And what does that take away? My basic medical knowledge says it takes away the element of stress or anxiety which makes us ill. So the Bible says, if your soul prospers, you will be what? In health, health and well-being, and you will prosper. Now, let's keep that in mind. So the foundation of that is that the Lord will reveal himself to you. You say, oh, how's God going to do it? He's already done it in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, please turn in your Bible. I, actually, yes, please turn in your Bible to John chapter 14. And I'm going to start reading from verse 9. Um, Jesus saith unto him, that's John 14 verse 9. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you? Yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Meaning, if you see Jesus Christ do something, you are confident knowing that this is what God will do in that situation. So notice, when Jesus' people were hungry, God provided. When Jesus, when Jesus runs into sick people, he heals. When Jesus runs into people that don't have that direction, he directs. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what did he do? He made God visible. He was literally, he said, when you've seen me, you've seen your father. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this gives your soul rest. But let's read the rest of the verse. So we'll go back to Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And Jesus says the following. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Now, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. That means let me be the one that determines whether you're going left or right. And this time, when, the, when I'm guiding you, I'm not going to be guiding you in a brutal manner the way sin, Satan, and humankind can lead you. I am going to lead you in a way that is, it's because it's beneficial, you will realize when I lead you, you can trust that you're doing the right thing. And so Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. And so what was, what was Jesus's yoke? What did Jesus, what, 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 what did Jesus say 
about him guiding us. What did he say? He said something very simple. He said in John chapter 8, reading from verses 31 and 32, John 8, 31 and 32, and I will read it. John 8, 31 to 32. And then said Jesus unto the Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, what does it mean to make you free? You'll realize that, wait, the things that I'm worrying about, God has in hand. That means when I need to make a decision in any particular circumstance where I understand this is who God is, whether I realize he's my healer, whether I realize he's my provider, whether I realize he's the one, he's the one who gives me strength, he's the one who gives me insight. In those situations, Jesus said, you will be free. Free from what? Free from the way the world thinks. Free from the opinions of the world. Free from the pressures, the stresses. And as the Bible says in Mark 4, the cares of this world the seduction of riches, the, 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 the pressures, the, the desires for other things, the lust of other things, where you are free to choose what God wants you to choose. The outcome, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says it this way, when that becomes the foundation of your actions, prosperity becomes a byproduct of everything you do. And let me show it to you in scripture. And notice, what will that do? That means whenever you're going to make a decision, all of a sudden you realize you are at rest. You are at rest. And that creates a healthy environment. But let's deal with the prosperity part. That means whatsoever you do will definitely turn out well. Turn in your Bible to someone and we're going to read from Psalm 1, 1 to 3, and then we're going to move on because we've got one more part of us to deal with. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's a decision. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. That's a decision nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That's a decision. So what the Bible says is these three conditions that the man that is blessed does not do these three things. That means we're dealing with the soul. This is the decision-making element of you. The Bible says the following, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse three, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, decisions. His leaf also shall not wither. Now notice what the Bible says. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That means when you take a decision, 
where you are founded upon the word of God, where you choose not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, not to stand in the way of sinners and do not sit in the seat of the scornful. The Bible says when you now take a decision based upon the word of God, based upon the, the Bible that you're reading, meditating, thinking about, confessing, the Bible says whatsoever you do will prosper. Why? Because God watches over his word to perform it. That means when you take a decision to do what God asked you to do, Jeremiah 1.12 says God will make it happen. Now, this is what I want you to keep in mind. And the Bible says, if you can do this thing regularly, you will have a healthy soul. So we've got a healthy heart. We've got a healthy soul. So let's go to the last one a healthy mind now your mind you've realized that your heart soul and mind they work all together they always rely on each other but let's isolate the mind for the moment so what is the benefit of a healthy mind so this is stage three what is the benefit of a healthy mind turning your bibles please to the book of isaiah 26, and I'm going to read from verse 3. Now, this is key. Your mind has three functions. The ability to picture tomorrow, the ability to picture the invisible, and the ability to recall the invisible yesterday. Now, what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is the pictures you are holding are either making or breaking your life. But we're going to talk about that in detail. Notice that all of these are linked. The Bible says in verse Isaiah 26, verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah 26, verse 4 says, Trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord, Je for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Now, ladies and gentlemen, notice what's the benefit of a healthy mind? God will take care of what you cannot take care of. That means if you are picturing the way you look at yesterday, the way you look at today, and the way you look at tomorrow, if the pictures that you are holding onto are based upon your knowledge of the God that you serve, the Lord himself will begin to maintain what you are going through. And this is what I want you to realize. So what's the benefit? The Bible says it is God that will keep you in perfect peace. If your mind is stayed or focused on him, and this is key. The Bible says, because he trusteth in thee. When you trust the Lord, it becomes God's responsibility to make sure that you get to where you have determined that he said he will get you to. You, How do you trust the Lord? Very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. I know I've said it three times. But when you begin to read about God, 
when you begin to understand how God functions, when you begin to understand how God responds in certain situations, when you re realize what God has done for you in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and what he has done for you by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you will begin to trust the Lord. And trust, ladies and gentlemen, is built. That means little miracles will lead to large ones. Large ones will lead to a confidence. When you begin to see the Lord repetitively come through in certain areas of your life, notice trust comes. And when you are trusting the Lord, you are at your calmest. No anxiety. So how do we keep our minds stayed on the Lord? Come with me, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of, let's go to Deuteronomy first, because I, I, I'm, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter six, and we're going to read from four to eight. Deuteronomy chapter six, and I'm going to read from four to eight, and then I'm going to I'll go to one more scripture, and that's pretty much where we're going to end up tonight. Listen how you stay focused on the Lord. Hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. The Lord our God is one Lord. And the Bible says, verse 5, And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all thine heart, and all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Ladies and gentlemen, pause for a moment. How did the Lord say you should stay focused? Talk about what God has done. Now, let me explain. The alternative to doing this is scrolling. The alternative to when you're scrolling through Instagram, after half an hour, you are depressed. After a day and a half, you're depressed. You realize I've just wasted four hours or you've wasted five or six hours. And what has happened? You have a look at everybody else's wonderful life, everybody else's breakthrough, everybody else's wonderful engagement and whatever it may be. And you realize you feel terrible. The adverts come and say, the only reason you are not rich is because you're not on my course. The only reason you're, and after a while, your focus will all of a sudden, pressure, heaviness comes. God said the alternative is this. When you are sitting down, when you are standing up, teach your children. That means talk about what God has done. Tell the stories. Relive the moment. Let your children know that God has been faithful. Remind yourself, if you live alone, your mirror will be your best friend. Talk to yourself. It doesn't matter whether they think you're crazy. It's fine. But basically remind yourself that, listen, this is how God did this for me the last time. And I'll give you an example. Um, I'll give you an example and, I'll, and we'll go to another scripture. A few weeks ago, I was, I was really down. I was, I was just going through, I was going through all sorts and I was believing God for a couple of things. And then the Holy Spirit, and this is why, ladies and gentlemen, you must please, please, We'll come to that in a moment. 
I started to recall all the times that God had come through for me and my family. It started slowly, but God, you provided for this. And God, you provided for that. And God, you came through here. Oh, you paid this bill and you sent this person. Oh God, and I remember when you sent someone from London with this. Oh God, I, I remember when you sent somebody, and all of a sudden, then the, uh, then, you know, when you get warmed up, oh God, this is what happened at this time. Oh God, this is when this person filled their cupboards. Oh God, this is what this is how you did this. Oh God, this is how you worked this out. Oh God, you gave us favor here. Before long, I realized, I said, God, I have no reason to worry. Because in all sincerity, every other time that I have worried about you coming through, you have come through and proved my worry wrong. But you have to recall it. So whenever I get the opportunity to tell my children, this is what it was like when we started. This is how God got us through this. And then we laugh about it. We laugh at ourselves. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, create an atmosphere of remembrance. Talk about what God has done more than you worry about what they say God will not do. But let's put it in context. So how do we keep this focus? How do we, how do we stay on this? And then we'll, we'll close that out tonight. Turning your Bibles, please, to Philippians chapter four. And let's go, to, we're going to read from verse six. And the Bible says this, and the Bible uses the following words. And the, I'm, reading, I'm reading from um, the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, be careful for nothing. The word careful there is also translated, be anxious or worry about nothing. But in everything, listen carefully, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, notice how the picture is shaped. The Bible says, but in everything by prayer. Prayer means to petition specifically. Not, oh God, just bail me out. No, no, no. Be specific. Lord, this is what I'm believing you for. This is what I want you to do. This is what we're expecting based upon this. This is what the Bible says. Build a picture. The second thing I want you to realize, the Bible says, and supplication. Supplication, ladies and gentlemen, in simple terms, is asking God for mercy. That God, I want you to intervene, be at your level. Intervene because you are God and I am not. Intervene beyond what I can ask you to do. Thanksgiving is where you recall what God has done before or you acknowledge in advance that God is going to do it. The Bible says, with those three elements, make your requests, let your requests be made known unto God. Notice what God will do. And the Bible says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep, that means focus and guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So when you come to God with details, 
you have a petition based on the word. You're asking for mercy and you are recalling what he's done before. The Bible says God will keep your heart and mind. How? Through Christ Jesus. That means he will keep you focused. He will keep you focused on the word of God. He will give you a healthy mind. The pictures of that you will hold in your mind will be of what he has done what he is doing and what he will do now ladies and gentlemen please keep this in mind listen to verse eight when you have prayed back up your prayers by creating an environment for miracles listen to what the bible says finally brethren that's philippians 4 8 whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, notice what the Bible says, think on these things. Create an atmosphere that's positive. Remind yourself of what God has done. Think about what the testimonies that God has done for others. Think about what God has promised. Think about God's character and personality. Think about the things that God is a just and a kind God. Whatsoever things are pure. These are the things. So basically create an atmosphere around you based upon the God you have come to trust. The Bible says when you do this, the Lord will keep you in perfect peace. And so what am I saying, ladies and gentlemen? As we close out this Mental Health Awareness Week, what have we tried to do today? Basically, I've given you exercise plans. The exercise plans, if you do these daily, just like sound like an Instagram video now, if you do these things daily, your heart, your soul and your mind will be healthy. The results, ladies and gentlemen, is the impossible will become possible. You'll prosper in all you do and decide and God will keep you in perfect peace. If that is your story, know for a fact that you will be healthy and prosper as you go into the rest of this year. So ladies and gentlemen, as we come to the end, let's pray for miracles. And then we have one or two announcements and we'll close it out. And Father Almighty God, I honestly believe that your word has gone forth to your people. I know for a fact, Father Almighty God, there are people with very specific and very desperate needs where we are desperate for you to intervene. We join our faith together tonight, my Father, and we pray that, Father Almighty God, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that as you, Father Almighty God, as you have done before, time and time again, as you have promised, and as you have enabled us to do, I ask you to perform miracles on their behalf. Father Almighty God, intervene in their situations. Have mercy where necessary. Father Almighty God, turn things around where necessary. We commit this thing, this season into your hands and we trust you 
We join our faith together and we believe the, you for miracles. My Father and my God, we just give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, um, two things. First, next week is a bank holiday, and therefore we won't have a Bible study. But what you also realize is we're starting our pursuit of God journey. So watch out for all the, um, the announcements. Watch out for all the details. So we will converge like this after the pursuit of God, because next week we won't have a Bible study because it's bank holiday. And then we hop on, hop into the pursuit of God. It's going to be quite amazing. I also encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, plug into the pursuit of God because it's going to have a fundamental effect of what's going to happen. And the altar is coming. Plug in irrespective. Make sure that you're a part of it and God will honestly bless you. I'm quite excited for this season, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm excited for you. I pray that from this day forward, you will be in perfect peace because God, because you will have your mind stayed on the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. Um, watch out for all the announcements so you're clear and may God keep you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. 